You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Sarah Frui, VP of Marketing at Linkia, an influencer marketing platform with managed services catering to the world's leading brands. Sarah, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So let's dive right into our topic, which is your guys' quest for a new conversational tone as you've just gone through a rebranding, just announced the the rebrand like the other day, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. Really recently. Yep. And I know that a big part of that was going for kind of setting a new tone for the company and specifically in, in your messaging and in your marketing, mm -hmm. kind, kind of trying to get away from some of the more like corporate-y, business-y, jargony stuff, going for a more conversational tone. So let me just begin with a really simple question. Why? Why are you going for that particular refresh of, of your voice and your tone? It has a lot to do with the space that we work in. You know, in influencer marketing, it's all about authenticity and being real. And we work in a space where, you know, it's pretty instantaneous whether or not your audience is going to respond to the messaging that you have or not. And despite the fact that we work in a B2B space where you can get a lot of the acronyms and the jargon and people sort of get in their own way with all of the industry language, I think that we have the opportunity to just speak really straightforward to our clients. They're real people too. They understand the game, but we don't need to overly complicate it. I think sometimes people use big words to make themselves seem smarter and things like that. And at the end of the day, it's really like you need to keep things simple so that people understand what you're doing. People don't buy what they don't understand. And we want to connect with our audience in the same way our customers want to connect with theirs. And so we feel like being more authentic to our own customers is kind of stripping away a lot of the jargon and just using more straightforward conversational tone with our customers. Okay, right. That that makes a lot of good sense. Now, like a conversational tone can mean a lot of different things, right? Mm -hmm. Like each, every brand can kind of have its own version of that. So take us kind of through the process of how you went about understanding or sort of coming to an understanding of, well, what exactly does that mean for us? What kind of conversational tone do we want to adopt? So what was that process like and how did you end up where, where you are now with it? So very early in the planning stages for our rebrand, we came up with our new tagline, which is Calm in the Chaos. A longer version of it would be Calm the Chaotic Sea of Influencer Marketing for folks that don't know what space we're in. But it really became kind of a guiding light for us as we went through the whole rebrand process of like, is this on like a spectrum of calm to chaotic? Are we on the calm end of the spectrum or the chaotic end of the spectrum? And so when we looked at the language and the imagery and how we wanted to represent ourselves in the market, it always kind of like anchored on, does this make me feel calm and relaxed? Do I feel like there's someone who has my best interest in mind? Or are you introducing complexity? Is this feeling like a little bit overwhelming? Is this too much information being forced at me at one time? And so that was sort of how we made a lot of decisions throughout the whole process is really leaning towards that mm -hmm. calm end of the spectrum and making sure that people felt supported and that we were explaining ourselves very clearly and just stripping things down to the sort of essential messaging that we needed to communicate. Okay. Okay. So now I imagine that to, to come up with, I think 
they're like part of the irony with these things sometimes is that to come up with a way of messaging that is very sort of calm and that appears to be very simple and direct can actually be a pretty complicated process, right? Mm -hmm. Insofar as you have to navigate internally, like I'm sure there are a lot of stakeholders inside the company going through a rebrand that had, you know, wanted their say on how this, how things should look and how things should sound. So Tell us about that a little bit. So did, how do you, I'm sure you were getting lots of input and lots of suggestions. How do you navigate that kind of internal like obstacle course to, and how do you can, you know, genuinely consider everybody's concerns and input to come up with something that's going to, you know, please everybody if, if that's even possible. Yeah. I think that's always a big challenge when it comes to being sort of the marketer in the room and you're dealing with all these different stakeholders is making sure that everyone feels like their voice is being heard, that their thoughts are being acknowledged and represented in the new, you know, go-to-market strategy. But with a business like ours, we have a lot of different touch points. And so we have like our product with the platform we have our creative services team who's, you know, coming up with these great campaign ideas. We have a talent partner team who's, who's sourcing and dealing with the talent. You know, we have our CEO who's getting ready to do some like fundraising. Our sales folks are out there in the market dealing with clients. And each one of these different stakeholders has, a very strong belief in terms of the value that they're bringing to the business and how important that is in terms of overall strategy. But at the end of the day, I think what my team really realized is that it's not any one individual touch point along this path that we offer for our customers. It's the collection of all these things coming together and really doing it to the best of our ability. So not singling out like our tech is better than everyone else's or our creative strategy is better than everyone else's or our talent management is better than everyone else's. But like what we bring to the table is that all of these things combined together make us an excellent sort of one-stop white glove solution for our customers where we take everything off their plate and manage the whole process for them and, you know, bring that calm in the chaos. And so once we all kind of agreed on a group that we needed to sort of level the playing field and bring like the total value of our offering together versus saying this one thing makes us special, that was another way for us to kind of come together as a consensus, as a group. Um, and another thing that we did was just like a lot of research. We did, you know, a lot of interviews with the stakeholders. And then we took all of that feedback and put it into a big document that we've kind of been referring to as a brand Bible of sorts. And so mm-hmm. you can go through each section and like have a deep dive on the different aspects of our business, but see how it all fits cohesively together for the brand. And then within that document, we have a lot of language that our employees can pull from around like company descriptions. What's our origin story? Like, why do we exist? How did this brand really come into being? And so we can all anchor on these same truths together so that as we move forward, we're all speaking the same language because like he's been in business for 10 years and like a lot of companies, like different stories start to emerge. People have different ways of explaining the business. And one of the things that I really wanted to do in taking over was sort of hit the reset button get everyone to come back together, speak the same language, talk about the company in the same way and really be laser focused on where we want to take the company in the future so that we're all, you know, marching in lockstep towards that, that future. Mm-hmm. Right. I, cer- certainly not an easy thing to do, right. To kind of get no. everyone on board <laughs> with, you know, when it all, at the end of the day, you kind of do have to boil all that stuff down into a particular set of messages, right? Or particular language. I imagine that there was a lot of mm-hmm. sort of internal workshopping and vetting of, of all this. Like how long did this process take? So I joined the company in February and we kicked this project off, I would say in April and just launched it now in October. So is that like six months or something like that? I mean, we, we, we've been on a pretty escalated path to, to doing this mm-hmm. rebrand. The team 
has gone through a few pretty significant iterations in terms of like what we wanted this experience to be, but I'm, I'm really happy with where we've landed. And I'm also someone who practices agile marketing. So what we put out mm-hmm. this week, I'm very proud of, but it will continue to evolve. I really see brand as something that needs to be maintained kind of like a living thing as a part of your business. It's not a set it and forget it. It's not like, oh, we just did a rebrand. It's all done. We can move on to the next thing. It's how do we make this thing better? So we put this language out there. Is it clicking with people? Do we need to tweak it a little bit more? Are the Is the imagery that we're putting out there connecting with people? Are the stories that we're telling working? And so over the next few months, it'll be, again, you know, we did a lot of like internal and, you know, conversations with key customers over the past few months and now it'll be more feedback now that this thing is out there i can do testing on our website to ab test experiences that we're putting out there and so it'll it'll continue to evolve we'll continue to to take in feedback and just make it better over time yeah can you give us some examples of this new messaging and how and how it compares to how you used to say things so you know an example of this this new conversational tone like what does that sound like compared to what it used to sound like? So, I mean, for example, our old tagline was guaranteed ROI for the enterprise. That's very jargony, right? Like, I love ROI, Mm -hmm. return on investment. I want that. I work at an enterprise business. Maybe I can resonate with that. And so all of these things were true. But now we've really kind of switched gears and gone left and said, like, Linkia is the calm and the chaos. And so, like, that sort of creates a feeling and an emotional response. You know, a lot of people talk about like having a vibe. I think that our new brand is, is much more on that like vibe level <laughs> where mm-hmm. uh, that guaranteed ROI is, is true. And it's something that we still want to honor for our customers, but we're moving away from that kind of like, just, I just keep using the word jargony language. When we talk about our, our offering, you know, it's a lot more about authenticity. It's about, having content that like connects with the human spirit and inspires people. It's less about kind of like the dollars and cents of things while that's still important. And we want to get impressions and engagements and all of that, that type of like the metrics kinds of things have kind of been downplayed a bit more to talk more about um, how we can sort of service our customers better through our different managed services. And then the technology to really bring simplicity to their lives and, and help manage a lot of things that can be very disparate in a space where, you know, you've got imagery, you've got paid campaign assets, you've got campaign briefs, you've got legal documents, all these different things that can kind of float in a lot of different spaces. We try and bring that all together in one, in one area. And so, you know, the language there is really about having kind of one central location for all of your needs and not needing to like list all of that stuff out where we might've had in the past, mm-hmm. you know, I would look at decks and it was like, we can do all of these things for you. And there's like 20 things on the page. It's like, well, if you're doing 20 things for me, what are you really doing? You know, can we get this down to like three things that are sort of groupings of Mm -hmm. those 20 things. And so like, okay, I get that you can take X, Y, and Z off of my plate. I don't need to read a list of 20 things because that starts to introduce complexity, right? Maybe all of Mm -hmm. those things are true and we still offer them, but I don't need to show you a giant, you know, menu of things that we provide. I can bring those into collections and sort of refine these things into simpler ideas And so that's another thing that we've really tried to do in terms of like, even just like the volume of lists that we're creating, we're really trying to focus on like the number three, like that's a, that's a good number Mm. for people to kind of remember and and move away from like, Hey, we can do everything and and, and throw the kitchen sink at people, but really try to create like very finite collections of information. Yeah. I think that that sounds really smart. I mean, I think the, the, like our brains can only really process so much information at once. And mm-hmm. I think three sounds about right, you know, like a list yeah. of three things <laughs> as opposed to a list of 20, a list of 20, you just, you don't remember anything, 
really. Right. It's just too much. And then what are, what are you really doing at that point? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you're just throwing everything up there. And I guess the strategy there is maybe look at all the things we can do for you. It's so much, you know, but, but I th- it kind of un- undermines itself, right? Just because people won't really remember it or take it away. It's just too overwhelming to process it, you know, at first glance. Yeah, you kind of glaze over. And you can throw those slides that have the long listicles like in the back of a deck. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about presenting to people, whether it's on our website or in a pitch meeting or something like that, we really need to be prioritizing like the essential information and not trying to show yeah. them everything we can in one breath. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of get hung up of like, Absolutely. You've got tons of things to offer, but you don't need to express every single one of them in this meeting at this time. What is yeah. the key thing that you need people to walk away from and remember you by? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like your example as well from guaranteed ROI to the the calm in the storm. Am I, is that calm is that in the chaos? Yeah, calm <laughs> in the chaos. Right. That's yeah. Right. Because guaranteed ROI it's right. It's a little jargony and it's a little cliche, right? It's sort of mm-hmm. like people have seen that phrasing a million times. And so it's just kind of like, well, everyone says that, you know, what does it really yeah. mean? As opposed to the calm and the chaos, like, oh, that's like a nice little pithy phrase, a little alliteration. It's more, you maybe haven't seen that before or haven't seen it mm-hmm. nearly as much, right? It's more original to you guys. So yeah. One of the things we went through was like, the early exercises in a rebrand process was looking at taglines for companies we admired. And one of the ones that a few people kind of brought to the table just independently was, you know, Nike's just do it. And we just love sort of like the power and the simplicity of that. Like, does that make you think of a shoe when you first hear just do it? No. But then when you start to unpack what that means for the brand of just get out there, just go work out, just exercise, just do these things. And you can kind of like build on that. And so for the calm and the chaos, it's the calm and the chaos of, you know, dealing with creative strategies, dealing with negotiating mm-hmm. with influencers, you know, dealing with your paid campaign strategy, optimizing those assets. There's like, you can break that chaos into whatever that specific pain point is for our customers. And it makes it really malleable in a way that our old tagline was very specific and kind of put us into a little box. And so I like the fact, and our team has really loved the fact that we can play with this in a lot of different ways in terms of how mm-hmm. we can adopt that messaging to specific situations in a, in a way that's really effective in terms of our ability to communicate. Yeah, right. Good point. It's kind of supple, right? You can go a mm-hmm. lot of different directions with that, repurpose it in a lot of interesting ways. So, yeah. so what's your advice for marketing teams that are more toward the beginning of hitting that reset button when it comes to their tone and they're going to go through that process. What's your advice for teams just starting out? I think starting out it's with any big project, whether it's a rebrand or or otherwise is really aligning on your North star. Like why are we doing this rebrand? It can't just be, Oh, I think the brand's ugly. We need to give it a facelift. Like, sure. That's a good reason, but like, what's the bigger message that you're trying to communicate for your business. And for us at Linkia, the things that we really anchored on was the fact that we've been known for our managed services for a really long time and wanted to elevate the technology side of our business and in our go-to-market and really sort of start to emphasize more on the value of the technology that we were providing. And knowing that as a group that we had to kind of bring this balance to the table more was really helpful that we were all in agreement on that and that we needed to differentiate ourselves and really look and sound different from our competitors because we work in a very tight space where our offerings can feel very similar. And I I know a lot of marketers kind of deal with that. And so that made us 
kind of settle on the fact that we needed to do something that was a little bit risky, you know, like having a tagline that doesn't say influencer marketing in it can be a little bit risky in a B2B mm-hmm. space, but we felt like creating a tagline like Calm in the Chaos was a way for us to distinguish ourselves. We added a new identity, bringing back the starfish that we were named after as a mascot. And so these little things like, oh, they're the starfish company. They're the Calm in the Chaos. Like, I remember them. You, you create this feeling around the brand that really helps us separate ourselves from the pack where everybody is saying the same thing of like, we have technology, we have services, we can help you with your influencer campaigns. Yes, we can do that too. But I want you to remember me when there's like 10 RFPs on your desk. And so I would like my advice there is just if you want to really change the trajectory of your business, you need to be comfortable with a certain amount of risk. And you need to be able to do things that feel a little scary that make the executive team a little bit uncomfortable and and make some bets and and i think that there's like big bets and little bets and there, there's a lot of like safe things that you can do and then there's mm-hmm. some things where you're kind of like swinging for the rafters and maybe it'll stick and maybe it won't but you can't kind of continue with the status quo and just sort of change the colors and think that that's going to change your brand you need to make bigger bigger broader changes to the brand that are mm-hmm. going to help you reinvent yourselves in a meaningful way otherwise you really need to kind of evaluate like the why of what you're doing yeah Okay, indeed, great advice. By the way, as you mentioned Linkia, that's for our listeners who are not aware of this. Linkia is a is a kind of starfish, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and it has these amazing regenerative capabilities. Like if it loses a limb, it can grow into a whole new starfish. And to be yeah. in the influencer space, and you think about virality and all this regeneration that happens with the different platforms and different creators and stuff like that. I loved that part of the brand, and it got lost over the years with the imagery and the way that we spoke about ourselves. And so that was something I really wanted to bring back was our connection to the starfish and why that was important to us as a business. Yeah, right. For sure. I mean, everyone loves starfish. They're just mm-hmm. like very. Now we have cool, a cute little character. Of, <laughs> they're very cute, and they're also and they're they're kind of calm, right? They just mm-hmm. they don't. You know, you see them, they're just sort of hanging out on the bottom of the ocean, I guess, or wherever they are. They don't seem to move around a lot. And and they're often like nice, bright, colorful colors. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think anyone's really scared when they see a starfish. It's usually kind of a delightful moment of like, oh, look, there's a little yeah. starfish. And yeah. maybe there's waves flashing around, but it just sort of sits there and enjoys its environment. And they're symbiotic yeah. creatures. You know, they add to their environment, like the, the coral and them. And the, and the different creatures around them, they have relationships where they're all interdependent. And so, you know, being in a, in a, in an environment with marketing where we're very independent or interdependent and symbiotic with the different platforms and the creators and all these different folks that we need to collaborate with, we feel very much like this little starfish, you know, in the Great Barrier Reef kind of hanging out with all its little friends and getting things done. I love that. Love it. Everybody loves <laughs> starfish. Okay. Excellent. Well, Sarah, thanks for that. And, and thanks for a great discussion overall. Really great insights. I learned a lot and enjoyed. I had fun. I hope you did too. I did. Absolutely. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.